We've got a holiday edition of What the Football for you, a best of. And we want to first off say thank you so much for giving us the greatest Christmas and Hanukkah gifts, which is listening to us. We are thrilled to be able to bring you what we consider to be a pretty great guest slate group of people to bring to you every single week. This episode, as all episodes are, is brought to you by Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game Time's got killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account, redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We want to start off by revisiting our conversation with Charles Woodson, who was our first guest. Could not have been more honored and touched that he was our first guest. Could not have enjoyed drinking his Intercept wine with you more than I did. Charles, could, yeah. could you have shut down Tyreek Hill? I want to know. Well, you, come on, man. This, this, the, the competitor in me says, man, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of that ball, man. I feel like I can shut you down. Um, and we counted yeah, on you, that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you guys bring up uh, Tyreek Hill. I just feel like, you know, in my humble opinion, watching football and watching all of the great young talent out there, Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in football right now. He is number one and uh, everybody else is second, third, fourth, or fifth, however you want to put him. Um, but his his speed, what uh, for one, is the scariest thing about him, of course, because he can catch – any pass that he could take it to sit, uh, take it the distance. He can outrun any angle. Um, but I think just over the course of his career, he's gotten better at his route running as well. And so to comp- combine a guy with speed like that and route running abil- ability, most guys that are that fast, you know, do not run gr- great routes, and he can do it all. So um, unbelievable game he played um, the other day. Um, and then Tua as well. You know, he's had his 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 mm. doubters. Um, but man, you know, bring that team back and go down there and score the way that they did. And, uh, you know, I just think they kind of, they kind of, you know, put everyone on notice that, you know, with a healthy tour and, you know, second year under Mike McDaniels, Vic Bandio being in there, I think is important for that defense. He, he dialed up some great blitzes late in the game, uh, to get the ball, you know, uh, uh out of, uh, the Chargers hands. And so, yeah, man, I, I loved everything about what, what the Miami Dolphins did last week. And great point you made about the second year in that offense. Tyreek made the same point after the game that he feels so much more comfortable the second year in the offense. He said last year all he did was use his speed. This year he's building a lot more into his play than simply speed. Yeah, the one thing you do and, and you know, for – any player, you know, when you go into a new offense, defense, whatever it is, you just try to learn what it is that is expected of you for that offense or that set or that that personnel grouping, you know, and you want to be the best at doing that perfectly. And then once you do that, now you implement that to what the other team does to kind of combat what you do. So you start studying the, the opponent a lot more. So I'm sure he's added some things to his route running in terms of what mm-hmm. they do offensively against certain, um, you know, whether it's zone, man-to-man, or whatever pressures they're running. And so now he he's, he has a better feel of the holes in defenses. And, man, a guy like that who's getting better at recognizing what you're trying to do, he, he, say, he, say, he said he's going to go for 2,000. And so, you know, 
He's had a heck of a start, you know, with 200 plus yards, man. So, hey, if he says he's going for 2,000, I'm going to agree with him. So, Charles, who would be the baddest man on defense in the National Football League currently that could possibly stop him? Uh, well, you need Aaron Donald, because you need somebody to get the quarterback to keep to keep Tyreek from getting the ball. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I think defensively, I don't think there's anybody one on one that's going to stop Tyreek Hill uh, from a defensive back um, perspective that can stop. If you're going to line up just one on one, I don't think it happens. Um, so I, I think that in terms of your defense and who you have up front. You have to have guys that can get to the quarterback to keep that quarterback from getting the ball to Tyreek Hill. Hey, and Charles. you seen last week. Sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry, I was just, I'm smiling ear to ear listening to you because you know what I hear in my ear? Something you What's heard that? a lot. The quarterback must go down and he must go down he must, hard. He must, he must go down hard. You better believe it. <laughs> that was Al's mantra, man. So you got to find guys like Aaron Donald that can take the quarterback down hard. Part of the fun of having a podcast is asking your friends to come on. So I asked my work husband, Marshall Falk, if he could spend some time with us. And the memories he shared of his rookie year were just tremendous. You know firsthand how hard it is to be the best rookie in the league your oh. first year. What is that like? Walk us through. Um, well, let's say this. It's not just it's, so that's one part. The other part is walking into a locker room where you're like, the savior. And I was the second overall pick. He's the second overall pick. You walk in and these guys are looking at you like, who the hell he think he is? And then you're looking at them like, well, who the hell you guys think you are? I got drafted second. <laughs> like, well, there's a reason why I'm here. Like, well, right. But the other thing people often forget, I know none of you, uh, we don't forget it, but when you are drafted first or second, unless your team has traded up for that pick, there's a reason they're drafting that hard, that high. And that's why I'm going to underscore what you said about D'Amico Ryans. That's a team that earned that second pick. They and did. frankly, if Levy hadn't won the last game, they would have had the first pick. That was for a reason. So that D'Amico is doing what he's doing and CJ is doing what he's doing on that team, I find remarkable. And in CJ's instance, it's hard work. He pays attention to detail. Yeah, that, that's why I'm saying it. It's like when you walk into that locker room, your second overall pick, you walking in kind of with your chest out, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm somebody. And, and the veterans are always trying to suppress you. And, like, you know, who do you think you are? It's like, well, <laughs> I got to be somebody. You guys earned the right to pick me. Like, you were very bad. <laughs> so what, what was it like? Because, you know, part of the reason why I love having Amy is she can pull the curtain it's back. And, and No, but, but Marshall, what was it like? performing at that level as a rookie and being so new and the pressures and the speed and the size and the lifestyle. And, you know, obviously I know, well, your transition to college, you were alone for the first time, but now you're off in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. So what was that like? Walk us through that. It It's a scary world. Um, it's different. It's unique. And, uh, when I, when I, when I look at CJ, um, just, you know, reading about him, understanding the complexities of, of his upbringing, where his father is now, not having that positive role model in his life. Um, mom doing a heck of a job at, at raising him to be the young man that he is. For him to then walk into this locker room or you walk into this experience, you have to be a very confident person, a very confident person in your abilities to play this game. And here's what happens. After the first game, all the little things that you, you, you do right, you, you file away, and the things that you do wrong, you work on them. And then the next week, the things that you did wrong, 
as you start to progress and get better, you start to feel more like you more than just belong. You 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 stop having those I'm in the NFL moments to to I am the NFL. And 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 that's where he is. Like watching him play, um, having fun, dancing with the rest of the guys, not being, you know, too uptight. He's really enjoying and embracing the learning process of him becoming an NFL player. And you get to take it in. Um they're, they are, listen, they're doing a really good job at, at cultivating an, an environment around him that, that allows him to grow because when you throw, they just came back, you throw an interception and now you let Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow back in the game. It's like that, that doesn't happen. He has a calm about him. And, calm and, and, and the kid just, um, I, like the facial expression was like, I got this. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to jump in once more and say it really struck me when I was reading the comments from his teammates that at 11 o'clock at night, at midnight, he is sending them texts with video of the defense they're going to be facing. And my point is his success is not happenstance. He's putting in hard work. He's paying attention to detail. Yeah, he understands the process. And, um, and, I, and, and, and more than anything, he understands – uh, the lack of success of guys that came before him that was in this position, and what and 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 sometimes it's not about what you do; it's about what you don't do. And he he understands the things to not do. Like this is how I'm going to be successful. He might not know everything to do right, but when you start, you know the things to do that are wrong, and you can stay away from them. And your ability in this and your your ability to be. Uh, the player you want to be in this league, it's there for you. You know, you just got to have the components around you. And they've, D'Amico and 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 the, and the Texans, they've seen the surrounded him with the right caliber of guys. I can't decide whether I want to ask you what was the most indelible moment from your rookie year, or what was the craziest thing that happened to you, or when did you know that you were you? Ask um, him all of them, all of them. So uh, I knew I was me after the first game. You know, um, I very confident person, even, even going into there, but there's always the question of, can I really play this game at this level? Because you're, I, I, I idolized football players. That was, that was like, that was my thing. And so now I'm playing against the guys that I idolize. I'm like, wow, my first game was against the Houston Oilers. I, I literally, I watched the Houston Oilers and Buffalo bills with the comeback. I'm like, so their first regular season game in 94 was my first game. Their first game after that, was my first game. So we're playing the Houston Oilers. And I'm like, wow. So I, I have a great game. I rush for about 127 yards, three touchdowns. And I'm like, I can play this game. I, I, I can play. I can play with these guys. Um, probably the, 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 the craziest, craziest thing. Uh, Got to be at the game two hours before. In college, everybody rides to the game together. When you're at home, everybody rides to the game together. In college, in the pros, you make it to the game yourself. Show up two hours before. Indianapolis is a wacky city to where it doesn't change time. They go from central to eastern, eastern to central. It doesn't, they, they don't move their clock back and forth. And so um, we got a game. I'm sitting in my room. I, 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 don't, I don't know much about the time. And uh, I walk into the stadium and um, they're walking out for warm-ups. I'm like, why are you going out this quick? I should have. I showed up an hour before oh, kickoff. I thought you were going to oh, say no. you got there and you saw them kicking off. No, no. And by were, the way, no. that's not only on you. That's on the team. Because when I was with the team, you sent, I mean, you contacted every single player wherever you were if there was a time change. And if a player wasn't there on time, go find the player. So 
yeah, that's kind of crazy, but yeah. that's on the team too. Yeah. So what I, happened? I, I mean, I walked in. I, I literally, um, I, I didn't know. Ted Marshall Brola looks at me. He's like, he's upset. I hurry up. I change clothes. I, I go out for the part of warm up that I caught. Um, we're probably playing, per, uh, you probably performed like I bet you were great I, that I game. I had a great game. I, I, I rushed yeah. for like I rushed for like 150 yards. I caught another 60 yards of passes. I scored three touchdowns. We lost to the Browns, and Coach said it was it was it was my fault because I was late. I was like, damn. Well, everybody. Wait, didn't late. you just say you had three touchdowns? Dude, it's my fault. I had three touchdowns. Did you say that back to him, or no, did you just sit there? No, and I understood what in. he was saying. You know, right. he was he was just saying that because of things like me showing up, and 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 just that those are reasons why you you end up losing games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about. How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. We know what our listeners want. They want John Madden's story. So who better to ask than Steve Mariucci? Boy, those stories were tremendous. I think I giggled a lot that podcast. Let's talk about more fun things. Let's talk about John Madden because we feel like oh. we're going to talk about a couple things, Mooch. We're going to talk about John Madden. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving food. And those are two of your favorite things, I think. So what is your favorite John Madden story? Oh, God. How much time do we have? We have like all day. It's as a podcast. As much as you want. So I, I was sitting here, you know, waiting on this Zoom. I'm waiting for eight minutes, listening to you guys. So I knew we were going to talk about John Madden, right? So I went over, I went over and grabbed a, a photo. I got a bunch of stuff from him. You know, we we did a a bocce ball tournament for. It's been going on for 25 years, and 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 Susie, Rich has been there. We've had we've had our crew up there, Cliff Clavin. Amy's been there many times. In fact, I, I hate to admit this, but Amy, one time, it was raining out, so <clears throat> half the courts are indoors, half the courts are outdoors. We put the Raiders outdoors in the rain. True fact. She filed a protest. True fact. Because she, she had two inches. So what? There's two inches of water on your court. What's the big deal? And she filed a protest, whining. Hey, and, hey, hey. I That law degree... Comes in handy, Mooch. I did file a protest. I used that. Thank you very much, Mom and Dad, for the law degree. Well, nobody else filed a protest that were playing outside. You gotta, but you got to play loser. better than your field conditions, Mooch. I mean, this is <laughs> you, ridiculous. You have to step up. Wear longer cleats or something. I don't know, but you got to deal with it. But we've had a million Raiders, right? A lot of the Hall of Famers, a lot of the rookies, whatever. We, we, we've had Niners and whatnot. But one, I went and grabbed a photo uh, off, the, off the wall. Of John and I, look at this. I hope you can see it. So Mooch, that, your hair was a lot darker. Yeah. And so look at this. This is we're in a golf cart, right? We're in a golf cart. Why I let John Madden drive, I have no idea. But we're having a good time. <laughs> that is coffee in my mug. And so this is a monumental day for me because I never quit anything in my whole life except one thing: golf. And so we are golfing over at Ruby Hills. I was we there. Were fourth hole. Yeah. And and he goes, Mooch, are you hungry? I go, duh. Yeah. Boom. He took a left. We went into the clubhouse. 
after four holes of golf, we we ate and drank and kidded around all day, waited for everybody to finish and have their big dinner and all that auction stuff. And that's the very last time I ever golfed. That was like 15 years ago. So this was the day maybe he maybe he made me quit. Maybe I was so bad because he was talking when I was hitting. I don't know. But, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of great times together. Um, and, it, and it's not just not just uh, socially, but when even when he was working, we had a, he made it fun. In fact, when I was in Green Bay, uh, I was the coach of the Niners. And I was, uh, he, you do the interview with the production meeting on his bus. And so I'm on the bus and he goes, Mooch, where'd you live when you were coaching? I go, come on, let's go. So we drove the bus over to my house, about a mile and a half away from the stadium, down a cul-de-sac, kids coming out of the doors, hey, Madden bus, are banging on the bus. And he was just, he was just driving his bus around the neighborhood, checking out where everybody lived. I'm here, sure, Lou's there, Holmgren's there, Favre's over there. And he, we, we didn't, I don't even think we talked about the game. It was all about reminiscing about things. And, and, um, and he was so good to those kids and he was just having a blast. He made it fun. It was incredible. Hey, Mooch, those Mariucci Madden bocce tournaments you did were magnificent. I never missed one during my years with the team. And I will always, always, always remember the time the team, the Raider team on which I was participating. And by participating, I mean coaching. We beat Madden's team. And I oh. strode around that bocce cart. Oh. I have a picture of it. I will dig it out with my Amen. arms straight above my head. I was marching around. I was preening and prancing. And you yeah. know you're not being a good sport or you're over the top when Willie Brown... Old man Willie Brown puts his hand on my shoulders and said, calm down, calm, you know, take it down a notch. Take it. When Willie Brown is telling you to take it yeah. down a notch, you're over the top. And by the way, that Ruby Hill thing, I was driving my own golf cart. If you weren't happy with Madden driving, I'd have driven you around. Just think maybe I would have continued to golf if I was driving around with you. There you go. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I quit because it's just I just. I wasn't any good. So, yeah, you were at a lot of those bocce events. Oh, my God. We've raised $8 million. I mean, it's it's magnificent. It's been, we're going to obviously keep it going. We had our 25-year anniversary uh, this past year. Then we went old school Raiders and asked Howie Long to join us. And boy, those stories he talked about getting into a fight on the practice field and Al coming out and cursing him out. Those were fun. Do you have a favorite Al story? And if so, will you share it with us, please? Oh, God. He, there were so many. Um, <laughs> That's my answer. <clears throat> you know, he he was really kind of funny. I called him Mr. Davis. Uh, and I, maybe that was just the way I was raised. I, I You know, we, we, had, we had maybe two lengthy conversations. I, I think I had... I had a bad fight in practice and beat somebody up and, you know, I didn't start it. Uh, never started a fight. I, I've walked five blocks around a fight, but this was unavoidable. And, uh, you know, it was bad. They had to bring in plastic surgeons and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I was brought up and he just tore my ass up and, you know, said that was our second round pick and you just ruined our second round pick and, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, he'd walk out and practice. And it was funny because the defensive line was way down the end of the field uh, in, in the, uh, in, in, in the uh, El Segundo facility. Mm -hmm. And also in Oakland, way down the field. 
Al wore a cologne that the minute he walked out the door, you knew he was there like a minute and a half before he hit the field because you could smell the cologne. It was, I don't know what it was. It was some kind of special cologne. I've never smelled it ever since. It's kind of like grass. Pavlov's dog. If I smelled it now, I'd, I'd start stretching and get ready to play. Um, he would walk out on the field and, you know, I've been sitting on my helmet and I'm watching, maybe it's offensive day and, you know, I'm sitting behind the thing and, you know, he woke up off along. You think you're tough, don't you? And I'm thinking to myself, does he think he can kick my ass or something? He was in a, it really, it, it was, you cannot imagine the opportunity to play for someone that iconic. Uh, he was an iconic uh, owner, leader, commissioner, coach. Um, you know, he was, I've said this, he was benevolent. He was tyrannical. He, he was someone who on the drop of a dime would, you know, get a player out of trouble, you know, after he left the organization and mm -hmm. help out and do all that and do it without, without making it public. And he could also, boy, I'll tell you what, we're, I'm Irish and we carry a grudge, but boy, did he carry grudges. Uh, he was an interesting guy and it, he really epitomized what the organization was all about. And I will simply add to what Howie said that I owe my career to the fact that decades before it was even a topic of discussion, he hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, or any other individuality which has no bearing whatsoever on whether one can do a job. And that's can why you I play. have the, yeah. Can you play? Exactly. Can you can play? You play? Well, no, hey, listen, you, today's trade day, uh, you know, later on, much many years later, I heard the story from you know, it was publicized that, you know, I was going to be involved in 83, prior to the 83 season with a three-team trade that would send Elway to the Raiders and Chicago. I'd go to Chicago and there was a Colts were involved or something. And, and you know, I, I it's funny because I, I just heard it when I landed to go to the Hall of Fame and I called Ron Wolf. I said, were you going to trade me? And, and, of course, I would trade myself for John Elway, but Al... Al would have no part of that. Al would love I, that. Love I that. I was one of those guys that he wouldn't trade. So guess what I did last night, by the way? Do I really guess or are you gonna tell me? I'm gonna tell you anyway. Um you took a bubble bath. What are you insane? I have three kids and it's Monday night. I did none of the above. You had a drink. Well, that's clear. That's okay. so obvious. You do? We, we know that. I bought a lot of tickets to stuff. Cool. I was sitting there watching Monday Night Football. Um, Rich was home, which was nice. He wasn't very helpful. He was just basically <laughs> sitting there watching the game because he's tired. Um, but I had to buy a lot of tickets because we have a lot of shows coming up. And, you know, I've got three kids with three different tastes. So I'm basically all I do with my life is drive them, try to watch football and buy tickets to shows. So I use game time because, you know, that's what I always do. I use game time because I have three kids with three different tastes and they're always going to tell me at the end where I can buy the best seats for the best prices. And the best part about it is I can decide last minute. They sell tickets up until an hour after the show starts. So I know that I say like last minute, hey, Rich, listen, I'm busy. I'm going to go take Xander to a show and off we go. And the best part also on top of that is I can see where the seats are because there's nothing worse than taking a kid to a show and you can't see because suddenly there's an obstruction. 
And that makes me irrationally angry. And nobody wants me irrationally angry, so I go to game time. Um, it's the best. It's easy to navigate. I can see exactly where the seats are going to be, like I said. And they tell me up front how much it's going to cost. And when you have five people and you're buying tickets for five people, it's so important to know how much things are. So it's the, per it's the perfect solution to finding tickets to satisfy everyone. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. That never happens. Nobody gives me money back. So that makes me really happy. So download the game time app, create the account, use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create that account. WTF is your code for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Absolutely thrilled that Warren Sapp joined us. When people think of Warren Sapp, they think of a dominating defensive player, and so do I. I also think of him with kittens crawling all over him. I walk up to Warren. I don't know Warren well. He's joined us recently, and I said, you know, Warren, would you pose with some dogs and cats? Doesn't hesitate, says absolutely. <laughs> After practice, Warren goes right over to where they're shooting them. Warren had taken off his shoulder pads and his helmets, but he's there straight from practice in a jersey. <laughs> and they put little kittens all over Warren. They put all kittens over. on his shoulders. They put kittens on his head. They put kittens on his lap. And we all know kittens have those really, really, really sharp little claws. And those kittens were going up under Warren's jersey, down his shoulders, up his sleeve, hanging onto his neck with their claws. Warren didn't flinch. He didn't budge. And he sat there for an hour with those kittens crawling all over him. And he saved dog and cat lives. And I will always love you for that, Warren. Oh, thank you very much. I had a good time with those little cats. That, that wasn't bad. That, that, ain't, that ain't no worse than any double teams I've been in for the last 13 years. So trust me, those cats was a, a nice change up for me. And, and it was going to be a beautiful pitch in a calendar. There's no way I wasn't doing that. I mean, I, that's too easy. That's well, I easy. love you for that. And I also love the idea of a kitten double team. <laughs> I love you back. Love you back. Warren, <laughs> what's the biggest misconception about you, you think? Uh, that I'm not a nice guy and I don't take pictures or I don't sign autographs. You know, I, I'm, I'm a home training kind of guy and I want anybody listening to this. When you see the big fella, it's very easy. The only thing I said, Mr. Sapp, may I please? And now we good. Now we good. But this, can I, you know, are you willing to, I didn't know my willingness was in question. I thought it was your ability to ask the question and the way you were taught to ask the question in a nice, courteous way. That's all. I think it oh, is interesting really that you say that. But, you know, you said yeah, that. No, but... no I'm, I say thank you, please, all you. the time. Oh, I love all you. All the time. All the time. I, I, I say it so it diffuses that as a 6'2", 300-pound man in front of you saying, you know, may I have this, please. You know, it kind of, you look at me and, you know, it's a strange word, please and may I and thank you and excuse me. You, you don't hear it very often. So when you do hear it, you perk up to it. But when I hear please, I'm like, oh, not a problem. Thank you very much. I do think it is crazy how many people will walk up to an athlete and just huh? shove a, a piece of paper in their face. It, it's not. No, even no, 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 no. How about mind? how about the slapping? How about the slapping on the shoulder? How about the hey, how you doing? Like really? <laughs> like like that's assault in forty nine states. <laughs> I have to say, Warren, you know, it's funny. I, when I was a kid and I was working at ESPN, it was right when you first started with Tampa Bay. And I would cut a lot of VO of you. And, you know, look, you 
I thought you were probably scary. I mean, you scared a lot of quarterbacks, right? So I didn't know who you were, and I could have had a misconception. And, you know, I've known you for 15 years or so. Think think about this, though. Think about this. I've been retired longer than I played, and it's not third in a lot, and you're not an NFL quarterback. So you are (laughs) not in danger. (laughs) I used to cut those videos, and I used to think – what it must be like to be on the other side of Warren Sapp coming down. That had to have been terrifying. Well, You know what? I think there's a couple guys you can ask, but I wouldn't know what it's like. I I wouldn't want to do it because I tell all the gentlemen that I'm coaching, just imagine if I asked you to turn around and block yourself coming forward like you coming forward. You'd tell me to go F myself, wouldn't you? And they look at me with that little smirk on their face. So I'm asking a worse – they're asking a worse athlete to do it. So I need you to have that same look on your face when you go around. Do you understand what I'm asking? <laughs> so you bring this back to coaching, and I'm curious oh, what it's like for you them. now. Because I remember when you were on Rich's show last time, you mentioned that people weren't in your pockets yet. People weren't really digging into your pockets, wanting to get that information from you. So what's it like now having players who are thirsty to learn from you? Because it kind of plays into that whole idea of maybe you'll go, maybe you'll go coach with Dion, but What's it like to have this wealth of information and have these kids so hungry to learn? The scary part is coming up with something new. So I got to dig. I got to I gotta go study. I got to go do what I'm doing, and I got to lead them a certain way when I'm giving them messages and different things to go look at. That's the challenge for me now, to go back in this old brain of mine and dig it out. And then I'm digging into Marinelli and some of the guys I used to play with to recall it because I, it ain't that fresh to me anymore. And then when me and Marinelli talk, and we get to going and sending messages back and forth, I get something new. And then I have something new to send to them. So what I'm doing is resourcing what what taught me, and I'm teaching them what I learned because the game ain't changed. It's 104 years old, and I promise you, it ain't going to change much from where it's at right now. Warren, I am team, please, and team, thank you, and team, (laughs) you're welcome. And hearing you say that and that you pass that on to others is magnificent. I actually wrote an op-ed for the San Francisco Chronicle called The Lost Art of Saying Thank You. So I love you for so much. I love you for sitting under the kittens. I love you for please and thank you. And I will add, I never, ever, ever saw in the years Warren and I were together with the Raiders Warren say no to anyone who graciously approached him and asked him for an autograph. He said yes every time. And I'll share one last thing with you, Warren. You know who else adored you? Al Davis, because the quarterback must go down, and he must must go down down hard. hard. In the first five plays of the game, in the first five plays of the game, the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. The words (laughs) of the great Al Davis. I do love that man. I mean, I do. Everything about him. Rich and I have been friends with Dan Patrick for decades now, dating back to the days when we were both in Bristol. And there was no greater gift bestowed upon you back then than a nickname from Chris Berman. Did Berman ever give you a nickname? He called me the Charlotte Observer. Oh. Because I came in from CNN and they had me observe for three months on how to do Sports <laughs> Center. And I would just come in and I would observe and chris would come in and he'd go it's the charlotte observer yeah and i went yep i'm here and finally after two months i went to my boss and i said i know how to do this i did this at cnn i i I can do this and uh, my first show was with chris chris just did the 11 o'clock and he said observer i'm gonna 
observe with you. And he stayed and did the late night sports center. My first sports center was with Chris. I I've never forgotten that. You know, it was a generous gesture to do it, but I couldn't get over how loud he sounded when you're sitting next to him. And then he said to me, it's like being with the Beatles. And I went, (laughs) Oh wow. And then he goes, "Uh, or Elvis. And I went, damn. Okay. I'm just the Charlotte observer. You're fucking Elvis. Uh, good for you. Yeah. But you do remember what you did to Rich before his first sports center, right? Uh, I said, don't <laughs> it up. No. Oh I? my gosh. That's what Al said to me no, all the time. No, no, he said, you nervous? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I walked by and he was looking at highlights and I, I just said it in that uh, deep voice where so I go, you are you nervous? <laughs> and, and he's like, no, no, why? Why should I? <laughs> Dan, that is exactly what Al Davis said to me umpteen times throughout my career. He'd give me some project to do, and then he'd look at me and say, try not to f*** it up. <laughs> All right, this is, this is the part of the show where we're oh, having fun, and you're like, emotional. get me off the show. We are going to let him go. Because, you know, I'm feeling like, oh, no. all of a sudden I'm thinking, like, he wants to go home. Wait, okay. what happens after this? Like when I leave, what happens to we this We put show? on pajamas and then we have like a, we do each other's hair. Mm. We have a little slumber party. Dan, I before- did watch the Barbie movie uh, <laughs> last night. Just letting you know with my last daughter night? and my wife. Yeah. With Molly? Yeah. Molly oh. and Sue. Yeah. What'd you think? I, you know, what's amazing is that they don't teach you in acting class for Margot Robbie to play something like a, a doll because like, how do you play a doll? But it's but you're actually not just, you know, a doll, a mannequin. You're you have to have these characteristics. I I I thought it was great. Now, I know she struggled with trying to find like, who is Barbie? Like, what who what am I? I was fascinated with her ability to be able to kind of find that. And she's finding it right in front of you, whether that was on purpose or not, where she is, you know, finding the world and then getting confidence and trying to figure out, like, what is this all about here? And uh, I know I'm getting way too deep on Barbie, which is most what most people thought I was going to today. And I <laughs> swore I would not. You're so but predictable, Dan. I, I know. But I, I when she did I, Tanya, I was like, whoa, somebody can act. Yeah. And then this one, this was just different. Man, it was different. I, I, I thought that it was it wasn't my kind of movie. Um, Cause I like to cry at the end of a movie. Oh, not me. Oh, I, 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 why When's the last I, time you cried? Why would I want to watch a movie that is going to make me cry? You know what? I didn't see Titanic. I know the boat sinks. I know they <laughs> oh, die. Amy. I am. I want to see happy movies or scary movies or thriller movies. I do not want to cry. Dan, When's the last you? time you cried, Amy? When? Oh, I, I cry. I just don't like to cry at the movies. When's the last time you cried at a movie? At a movie? Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, if you were, and don't you dare do this, if you were to start singing the theme right now from Born Free, I would just you lose will it. sing it. Don't. No, no, no. La, do la, it la, in your la, falsetto. La, 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 la. Uh, do it in your falsetto. Born free. Oh, no. Dan, Dan, don't. As don't. free as the wind blows. Amy, it's just been so fun being with you every Tuesday. I so appreciate having a partner who puts so much effort into being prepared week after week the way you do. Well, Susie, um, you know me well enough to know that I only say what I mean, and I always mean what I say. It is an honor and a pleasure and a whole lot of fun to work with you. 
you are what the best teammates are. You best position others to be their best. Amy, that means the world to me. Thank you so very much. And thank you to all of you out there listening, watching, taking in what the football. It means the world to us. Enjoy this holiday season. We will see you back here next week for What the Football. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.